Welcome to Small But Mighty, a podcast for kids by kids. We are going to talk about the ways kids can make a difference in the world. So if you are a kid who wants to spread joy, learn how to enjoy the people around you, or just convince your parents to buy the next toy you ask for, then this is a podcast for you. We might we may be small, but we can still do mighty things. So, hello, Marie. Hello. Thank you for joining me today. I am very excited to talk about our topic, being scared and doing it anyway. So, before we start, could you tell my listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. I am a lifelong entrepreneur which means that I opened my first business when I was 22. And now I am the CEO and co-founder of At Revenue, which is a sales and marketing collaborative, the mommy of an eight-year-old bombshell of a little girl. And I live in Chicago. Oh, I like Chicago. Me too. It's my other boyfriend. So... So I was scared to start my YouTube channel, and but I got my mom to help me with it, and then I wasn't as scared, but I was still scared. Then I did it anyway because I wanted to make people happy with my YouTube channel. That's a, I think that's a great idea. Why do you think we get scared to do things? I think it's scariest to do things that you've never done before, right? It's like working out a new muscle or when you're in a space of trying something new, there's always things that we tell ourselves could go wrong, right? People won't like me. They'll make fun of me. Nobody will watch. Nobody will get it. And those little fears, they're almost like little gremlins that get into your head and start telling you stories And usually they're not the good stories, right? They want to tell you all the bad things that can happen. And sometimes it's just your mind trying to protect you because it doesn't want you to be hurt. And sometimes it's just something that you have to look at and say, you know what? I'm scared, but I think I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. Are there times when we are scared and we should not push through? Absolutely. I think, so if we look at being scared as a mechanism for protecting ourselves, there are internal signals like that. Okay, maybe if I want to use my legs this week. Right? Yeah. We should, we should push on through. And what I always found really interesting is they talk about things called red flags. Do you know what a red flag is? 
Yeah. Kind of, sort of. So they're, they're, little, they're little signs that pop up that say, mm, maybe you shouldn't talk to this person or mm, maybe this isn't the best thing to do. And there's a great quote that says, you can't see the red flags if you're wearing rosy colored glasses. So if you're looking at everything through an, a filter of optimism, sometimes you don't see those red flags and you don't listen to those little voices that could have truly protected you if you needed protecting. And then there's times when we have to see those red flags and say, okay, if this is the worst that could happen, am I okay with that? And if you're okay with that, then you gotta go, you know what? I see you red flag, I see you. But this time I'm gonna do it anyway. And if I need to learn a lesson, I can learn a lesson and that's okay. And you keep on walking. Hmm, that's interesting. How do we know the difference? That is the hardest question of all. And I'm not sure that there's ever a point in your life when you really do. But you've got to think about what, what the consequences could be, right? There's always consequences to our actions, good or bad. And if the good that you can put into the world is better, then the bad that might come out of it, then you better just start running to the good thing. And if the bad is so bad, then you gotta say, okay, let me check with my gut. Let me check with somebody I love and trust and who believes in me. And then you can make a better decision or at least the best decision you can at the time. When was, when was a time when you might have gotten that funny tummy feeling that told you you should have been scared? Um, well, I got that feeling when I was starting my YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. And what was the worst thing that you thought could happen if you started your YouTube channel? Nobody would watch it. And what's the best thing that could happen? Everybody would watch it. Right? So if nobody watches it, what happens? Do your feelings get hurt? You feel bad inside? And if some people watch it and it makes them happy, is that a win or a loss? A win. And if everybody watches it and goes crazy, is that a win? Yeah. So anything less than zero, we count as a win? And then we keep learning and we build upon it, right? Yeah. That's the way to do it. Sounds like it is. If we need, if we keep doing things, not giving into our, our feelers, does it get easier? I think it does. I think, I think that, and this is something that has to keep growing as you keep growing but what happens is you start to collect little bits of data little pieces of information about what a loss feels like and what a win feels like and, and what the value is there and the more wins you stack up the less afraid you become and that is a magic muscle that will make you a small but mighty young woman yeah
want to create products related to my podcast, but I am scared no one will buy them. But I think I should do it because I want to and I feel like it would be fun. And yeah, so what do you think? So I think that it's a very smart idea. And I'm going to give you a couple of really grown-up reasons why. And then I'm going to give you a couple of more little people reasons why. So the first is that when you have a product that goes with your business that somebody can hold in their hand, right? This is my little tube of red lipstick. I carry it with me everywhere. There's only one color that I wear and I love it. This is something that people can hold in their hands and have what's called a kinesthetic or a touch experience that reminds them something. So if you give them something they can hold and touch that reminds them of you and your podcast, they're going to remember you over and over again, and they'll think about you more often. If we're going to think about that from a, a, a littler person point of view, and when I say little, I'm only five feet tall. So I'm talking like four foot five and under. You want to think about that as if I were to take my own allowance and I know how much I have to work and how many chores I have to do to get this amount of allowance, would I feel like it's worth it? And can I guarantee myself that it's going to put money back into my piggy bank? Right? And what do I have to do to make sure that that money comes back into my piggy bank? And that's how you start to weigh those things out because sometimes it feels real and listen i'm an entrepreneur which means that i like to jump off and build my wings on the way down but that's not always the best way to, to build things and so sometimes taking that step back and saying okay if i put out this amount of money to have this thing is it just going to make me feel good or is it going to build something bigger that I really want to see for my podcast, for the people who love listening to me? And will it make enough money to maybe then do that next fun thing and that next fun thing? And then, you know, you've got something exciting to go for. Okay. So sometimes when I have a big goal, like creating my podcast, it seemed really scary. Is there a way to make big goals less scary? Oh, you just hit on my subject ever. Goal planning. So when you're planning a big goal, you look at it and you're like, oh, there are so many things that I have to do to make this happen, right? And it kind of all too big in your head. The biggest secret to hitting really big goals is to chunk it down into little teeny tiny steps. So if you wanted to create a podcast, maybe one of those steps is pick a name, schedule a date on the calendar, call my first person that I want to interview. And little teeny by tiny steps, I want to have this many listeners. And as far as you, if you have a list a mile long, 
it's a lot less scary to take those tiny steps. And when you go back and look at it, you can put them in order of what's most important and what has to happen first. And what that actually does, oh, this is so cool, I love this. It actually trains your brain to get excited about crossing each one of those teeny tiny steps off of the list. And your brain gets addicted to that feeling of getting each one of those little check marks. And what it actually will do is train your brain to start thinking faster and coming up with solutions faster so you get to your goals faster and it takes less effort on your part. Oh. I could talk about that all day long and sometimes I do. <laughs> Can you share with my listeners something you were scared to do but did it anyway? I can, but I'm, I'm going to have to share something very personal and very hard with you. Is that okay? Sure. So when I started my business, I started it with the love of my life, and he was my business partner, and he taught me how to be a good salesperson, and so we started a sales and marketing business together, and shortly after that, he passed away. And I had about three weeks to decide if I was going to keep the business going and more than that, step into his role and do his job. When he had hundreds and hundreds of people that knew him and loved him as the sales guru, I was scared. I was really scared. And one day, I picked up my tube of red lipstick and I said, you know what? Sometimes you got to put on your lipstick and keep walking. And that's what I did. And it wasn't always easy and it was definitely scary, but I knew that if I didn't do it, there would be so many more people in the world that didn't get to share in the brilliance of how he taught sales that I would be making the world less. And that was not okay. So the bad was a lot scarier than the good. And so I did it anyway. That does seem sad. So how did it turn out though? Well, the business is still thriving. We have helped small businesses increase their revenue by more than $16 million over the past three years. And I have been all over the country teaching people how to sell and speaking from stages about what selling from a place of love truly means. And I get to change lives all over the place. And I wouldn't change that for the world. Yeah, you probably wouldn't. Do you have a routine or exercise you do when something is scary? I would love to say that I'm that disciplined, but usually when I'm really scared or if I've got some, I, I have to say, I don't get scared that often. I, I really 
tend to jump off of a lot of cliffs. But when there's something that I'm unsure about, I spent a lot of time figuring out who really knows me and loves me and knows what I'm good at and knows what I'm not good at and can be honest with me. And I call those people and I ask them their opinion. And then I listen to it and I take it into my heart and I think about it. And sometimes I just do it anyway. And sometimes I back up and see if there's another way to do what I was wanting to do or what I was scared to do in a way that might produce better results because you can always create another plan. That is some good way. So thank you for joining me today. I have one last question, Maria. If you could go back in time and talk to your nine-year-old self, what advice would you give? If I could go back to my nine-year-old self, I would tell her to just keep going. I wasn't afraid of very much when I was little. And I was convinced everybody in the world wanted to be my friends. They just hadn't met me yet. So fear was not a big part of my life. It has been the thing that has served me over and over and over again. To just keep being bold, keep believing that the world believes in you and has something wonderful for you. And don't let anybody get in the way of your light shining. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to Small But Mighty. We post a new podcast every Tuesday and Friday. We may be small, but we sure can do mighty things. Subscribe and keep on listening.